Wake up, John Doe, you're the hope of the world. the part where you're letting me do the opening now? What? You go. go. You usually like do a little song, right? Like, mm, 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 mm. To get, yeah, to get the, yeah, the oh, vibe get started. It, get it. Get that vibe going. Mm-hmm. You got it? You feel it in your pants? I got, no. Am I supposed to feel it in my pants? I think so. Why? I mean, I feel like that's the best place to feel the vibe. Inside your pants? You know. Okay. Making your hips move? All right. That's how you, uh... That's how you're going to start the show? I mean, whatever. I'm just going with it. Okay. So we got the song down. You're going to, um, according to you, ask a stupid question? 
Um, what was the question that you asked me last time? It was, uh, how many honey movies were there? And I said, I don't know. And then we went into like a five minute conversation about how many honey movies there were. And then when I listened back, I was like, maybe you should ask me something funnier. There's only one real question that matters. What's your favorite, uh, position? Oh, (laughs) I'm going to say, uh, upside down. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. What's yours? I don't think I have one. No favorites? I don't think there is a favorite, yeah. They're all the same? They're all the same. It's like your kids, you know? Mm, no. I don't know what that means. Like you don't have a favorite. Okay. So you're comparing them to... People? Yeah. Children? Yeah. You can't pick a favorite. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's the same. Okay, so what was the point in all this? I feel like you're doing something to, like, imme- like block yourself from responding to me or laughing or responding in a funny way. Well, listen, we got complaints before that I was laughing too often. Nobody said that. They said they enjoyed your laugh, so you said, okay, I'm going to stop laughing. <laughs> so I just, I just got... Uh, word of what people enjoyed and decided to stop doing that? That's what you said. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's how that works. Mm, I think it is. Okay. Well, go on. Go, go with the rest of it. Do the rest of it. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome. This is an actual podcast. My name is Aaron. And I'm Angel. Ace. <laughs> you want to do that one over? Uh, yeah, let's do it one more time. Welcome, everybody, to an actual podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Angel Ace. And uh, thanks for being here today. Yeah. We got a lot of topics to go over. We do. What you got for us today? Um, what do you mean? Like, I f- you you did some research. Uh-huh. And I, I want to know what you got. So you want to go to the first uh, segment? Yeah. Okay. All right. It's your show. Oh, it's my show. We're going to do it how you want to do it. Let's go okay. to the first segment. You ready? It would have been cool, though, if we had, like, discussed this beforehand and you were like, I'm going to have you do this. Is this, like, one of those things where you're trying to teach me a lesson? This week in history. That's right, everybody. It's This Week in Piss History, uh, where we discuss historical topics that have to do with uh, piss, right? Urine. Urine? If you will. Okay. You want me to go with the research that I did? Please do. Okay. So, This Week in Piss History, everybody. Uh, Piss has been used to turn, in the past, to turn the tides of war. Did you know that? I had no idea. Um... So, gunpowder is comprised of 75% potassium nitrate, 15% charcoal, charcoal, and 10% sulfur. Uh, while cho- charcoal and sulfur have been relatively easy to obtain in the past, uh, potassium nitrate is not commonly found in nature. Um, so, early sources of this were found in uh, caves where guano, bat guano, you know what that is? Yeah. It's like the stuff they use in uh, uh, Ace Ventura. Uh, when Nature Calls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the back guano mixes with the minerals from the cave. Okay. And that creates the uh, potassium nitrate. Um, 
With an increasing need for potassium nitrate as gun warfare became more common, uh, by the time of the U.S. Civil War, people began manufacturing potassium nitrate in huge amounts. Uh, one process called the French method <laughs> involved uh, mixing manure with ashes, straw, and urine. Uh, the mixture would be tended to for about a year uh, and then filtered through more ashes with a bit of water. Um, and I guess that would make the potassium nitrate. Uh, the Swiss method involved placing a sand pit directly under a stable with only the piss making it into the sand, which would then be harvested and filtered. Uh, the process of using piss for saltpeter uh, is thought to date back to or for, further than the Napoleonic Wars, since uh, during that time, France could not import gunpowder or saltpeter. And they took to collecting piss from soldiers and livestock. What? Yeah. Um, so the way this works, right, is the urea in the piss uh, breaks down via bacteria into nitrate ions. Okay. When in solution, quote unquote, uh, which means like sitting in a nitroid bad bed of human and animal waste. Okay. Uh, the mixture is then passed through wood ash, which contains potassium carbonate. The mixture will form soluble potassium nitrate, which can then be washed out and collected by evaporating off the liquid. The purification process is thought to date back to Hassan al-Rama in 1270 uh, from Syria. Uh, he had a book called The Book of Military Horsemanship and Ingenious War Devices. Wow. Yeah. So they used piss to uh, make gunpowder for the bullets that they needed for stuff. Yeah, that is um, I, uh, another thing that has me convinced that they are collecting our pee. Whose pee? Everyone's. Like all these sewage companies and stuff. I've been pee? on this. Yeah. <laughs> Whose pee? No, it's just anyone's pee. Anyone's pee? He says there's no germs. Oh, maybe it. they can drink my grandson's pee. It's very clean. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so I guess they discovered that you could use uh, this process to create this um, potassium nitrate that you would need in order to make saltpeter or whatever gunpowder in order to make your bullets fire. Um, so uh, piss was integral in winning many wars throughout history. <laughs> Uh, the U.S. Civil War wasn't the only example. Uh, it was also a deciding factor in the 17th century English Civil War. So that's two civil wars that piss helped win. Damn. Uh, at the time of the English Civil War, saltpeter was never like really in, salt, in large supply. Um, it had been a royal monopoly before the war. So that meant that uh, since it was the byproduct of bird droppings and urine like human urine, government officials had authority to enter any properties they chose in search of the ingredient. So if they thought that, like, you had any place on your farm or anything like that that could, like, potentially be, like, holding, uh, like, a little bit of salt, like, potassium nitrate somewhere, they fucking just came in and took over the joint. What? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, it, what if it's just, like, in your body? Can they just hold you hostage, like, and, and fe force feed you water? Well, so, here's the thing. So, in 1638, uh, saltpeter's men, uh, that's what they were called, the people that went out and searched for saltpeter. I thought saltpeter was a thing that made your dick 
limp. That's I was reading that that was like a fucking uh, what do you call that? Like an old wives' tale that oh. people just started to believe after a while. Okay. Yeah. Um, where was I? I'm sorry. Uh, so you said the Salt Peters men. Oh yeah. Uh, so they had the monopoly on the thing. Oh, the Salt Peters men. Uh, they used to. They sought permission. To extend, because they would go all over the place, like farms and like people's houses and shit. Because I don't think there was like indoor plumbing at the time, right? It was like 1600s. Oh, shit. So uh, in 1638, uh, a bunch of Salt Petersmen from England sought permission to extend their shirt, their search to the floors of churches because, and this was a quote, uh, women piss in their seats, which causes excellent saltpeter. What the fuck? Uh, well, why? Uh, because it's clean. Why drink my why pee or your pee? Promoting your grandson's pee. Well, I am promoting because grandson's pee sometimes helps. It's 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 really helps. <laughs> um. So uh, there was a Salt Petersman uh, back in that time who confided to Thomas Henshaw. Uh, who was a scientist who lectured uh, about saltpeter. Uh, he, he wrote to him and he, he said, uh, no place ye- yields Peter so plentifully as the earth in churches were it not an impiety, wink, wink, to <laughs> disturb the ashes of our ancestors in that sacred depository. So he's saying like, because it's like a, a faux pas, uh, it's preventing them from getting the best type of uh, saltpeter, which is in the ground of the churches, because uh, according to him, women piss in their seats. That is insane. Yeah. Um, so where are they going to har- harvest it out of, like, the wood? I think, like, no, no, like the ground, like, that the wood was standing on top of. Oh. Uh, Britain eventually found a reliable source of potassium nitrate by making a deal with India. Uh that whole thing you should probably like read into more uh those listening to this because it was a pretty crazy thing uh but i didn't want to get into it now um the colonies in america had a reliable source uh during their civil war but that source was taken away uh for the confederacy during the american civil war the confederacy would use their resources to try to get an adequate supply after southern chemist jonathan harrelson in 1863 found an easier way to extract potassium nitrate from piss uh, they relied heavily on slave piss. So that goes to what you were saying about trying to like force feed people like or whatever to try to get them to pee more. Oh, my God. Um, and an article at the time uh, said that uh, the men were all away fighting, uh, but women could collect their urine out of their bedpans and pour it into a huge truck pulled by a horse around town and they would make potassium nitrate out of it. In uh, 1640, oh, this was the deal that they made in India. In 1640, Sir John Banks of the HEIC had arranged with the Mughal Empire, Emperor of India, for a permanent source of saltpeter to, oh, you fucked up the thing. I did. There you go. Yeah. To be available to England every year at an annual price paid to the emperor of 30,000 sterling. What? Uh, yeah, and I think that deal is still going to this day. I also read something that, like, there was only one place that they were getting uh, saltpeter from, and it was from uh, this, uh, I think it was a volcano or something in Spain. And, like, the Queen of England had, like, a fucking monopoly on it or something like that. What? Yeah, there's a lot was of crazy... Was there a lot of bat- bats in the volcano or something? 
No, no, no. I think it was... Uh, oh, they can get it from the volcano. It was a natural deposit, but it was the only known natural deposit of this like chemical that they used to make gunpowder. What? Yeah, yeah. I thought the Chinese invented gunpowder. They invented gunpowder. Did they use piss? Um, I don't... Have you drank your grandson's pee? Yeah. Why? I was scared. What do you mean you were scared? Yeah, sometimes you're scared for, for something. You what are you know, talking sudden about? Accident or something, you drink the grandson's pee and it's gonna help you. Hmm. Yeah. If only they knew that back then. The Chinese? Uh, anyone. Oh. Instead of making gunpowder, you could have just been drinking the pee yeah. and feeling better. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's uh, the end of that segment. Uh, wow. What did you think about that? That's a lot of information to throw at you at one time. It's a lot, but like it just reinforces my belief that the the they's whatever they are are using our waste products to make yeah. money. Okay, so one of the things would be using them for potential potassium nitrate. Whatever, production. whatever. I mean, you're saying, like, the, the the French method seemed really complicated, I'll tell you. I really felt like... The French method? Because the Swiss were like, we just have the horses piss into some sand, and then we, you know, to send it off. It sounded like the, the Swiss were mixing shit and stuff in there. Yeah, and the, Fr- the, the <laughs> French were, yeah, the French were mixing the manure with the ashes and straw and urine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there any of that uh, potassium nitrate in uh, manure, or is it just the urine? Um, well, I don't know. It's probably all mixed together, right? Because the fucking, the cows aren't, they don't do one at a time, I don't think. They have two holes. They have two holes, but I don't think they do just one at a time. Mm, I don't know. I think they do. I don't think humans do either. I don't think there's ever been a time where a human has just shit without a little bit of pee coming out. Oh, for sure. I don't think that's possible. No, it's definitely not. Maybe it is, though. I mean, I've never, uh, I've never had that experience. Who would know? Who, what kind of scientist would you go for for that like type uh, of? Probably event? like a urologist or a co- co- uh, colon. What are the fucking, What are the colon doctors called? GI, GI, a gastroenterologist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those ones would be the ones that would know for you. A gastroenterologist, Joe. Yeah. That's what it stands for. GI Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so they they've uh, I guess in the past relied on uh, using these like methods in order to like get that ingredient that they need to like make more bullets. Our crazy. piss is lubricating the war machine. <laughs> but another remember the last time we talked about uh, them collecting. Makes collect- you want to live in a fucking commune. <laughs> no, because they'll collect your piss. Remember the last time we were doing the segment, we were talking about them collecting the pee from the, the from nuns. The nuns. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder how much of that went towards fertil- fertility treatment and then how much went towards uh, potassium nitrate. Because I bet you, you could get both out of it. You know oh. what I mean? Like, you could probably, like, strain out the, the whatever they were using, the hormones, and yeah, still yeah. get the, ni- the, the nitric. You're right, yeah. Potassium ni- nitrate? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know how much we're even supposed to be talking about this. Is this like the, uh, what is it, the Anarchies <laughs> cookbook? Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't go to that. This was all, like, freely available. And, like, well, then what, then we should be allowed to talk about it if it's on fucking the interwebs. Yeah, that's true. Slave pee. 
slave peeing. Fucked up, right? Well, I mean, if I was a slave, I feel like just peeing into a jar would probably be the job I would like to have. I'm sure that's not the only, like, they didn't get just the one thing. Oh. I'm sure it was, oh. like, on top of, like, all the other horrible things they had to do. I was thinking of it, like, how, you know, they had, like, wet nurses, and all they did was just nurse babies. Oh, like, yeah. Like, if I just had to, like, pee all day into a jar, I would, I, I wouldn't want to be enslaved for any reason, but if that was the one thing... Yeah. But I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. It's, it's never that simple. No. No. <laughs> what do you think of that? Are you are you on my side here? Do you think that they're they're secretly like taking our waste products and, and using them in uh Well, I mean, I don't really know the ins and outs of how the sewer systems work. Mm-hmm. Like uh I know uh like the basics, I guess, right? Like uh something goes down, it goes to like a treatment plant, right? Mm-hmm. And then they treat it somehow. What and do they then, treat it with? Uh, some chemicals or... Think they like... You know what? There was an episode of uh, Insomniac with David Tell where he went to one. And A waste was, treatment facility? Yeah, yeah. Because you remember that show? Like He had to go to like places that were open at nighttime. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I guess at one point he ran out of like places that were open to go visit. So, so he's like, let's go visit let's this go, sewer let's go visit facility. visit this waste treatment flat. This is my favorite Here's show. Here's why I think that there's something weird going on. Because in the last two or three places that I lived, there has been an extra sewer charge that I've had to pay to someone that's not involved with your water bill. Mm. And I don't understand that. Like, shouldn't that all be together? Like, they're all going out of the same hole. Well, PA, PA has that weird, I don't know, there's like, isn't there like competition over who provides water to who? And Yeah, I mean, I did, uh, I, did I did have like a Save the Chester Water Authority uh, fucking sign out front because I was mad about Aqua. Yeah. But uh, nobody gives a shit. Just pour fluoride in everything. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, the more I learn about piss, the more I'm like, wow. It's, it's almost like... It's good to know that that's like a, a thing that you can rely on in the future. Oh, like if I need to make bullets? Or or money. Like, you can, you can be like, I can provide you with a, a piece of the ingredient that you need to make bullets. <laughs> you just give me, like, penicillin. Peahound? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, maybe they should let homeless people do that instead of selling their plasma, you know? Oh, yeah. They People get mad because homeless people are peeing all over the place. Yeah. If you could just collect it and, like, turn it into someone, give them a few bucks. Yeah. Well... I think we could revolutionize the world like that. Maybe there's, like, a restriction on it. Because, you know, there's that... Uh, I was reading about that delicacy in one of those, like, countries. They're called, like, virgin boy eggs. <laughs> and they take, like, a, a egg of, like, a, a... I don't know if it's, like, a rooster or whatever. Do roosters lay eggs? No. What's, what's the one that lays eggs? A hen? Yeah, I think they take one of those. And then they put it in, like, a jar. And then they put pee in it. But I think the recipe says it has to be the pee of a virgin boy. So I don't know if, like, the pee that the, goes to the our local sewage treatment plant can be filtered, like, age-wise? Mm. Not grandsons, any little kid. <laughs> Not over age of five, because before <clears throat> over age of five, it's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> Maybe they could, though, because what do you think the census is for? To keep track of how many kids can pee at one time? How uh, much pee are we getting in? Okay. Versus. Gotcha. 
I showed you that freaking meme the other day about the placentas being worth like uh fifty thousand dollars or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna go back to that soon. Yeah. You think people are gonna start like black market placenta selling? Um, well, I was reading into it and a lot of people were saying that like hospitals use them for like wound healing and stuff like that and they sell them to companies but you're not allowed to take yours and sell it. Oh. We talked about that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I, it's weird because if you go and you have a baby and you're like, I want to take my placenta home, they'll let you. Yeah. But they're weird about it. And everybody that I know that just worked in like a like a maternity ward, like they don't know like where they really go. Do they have to like, oh, maybe it's like an insurance thing? Because doesn't it count as, like as a, as a biohazard? They call it medical waste. But yeah. the thing is the placenta is alive for like a couple hours. It's what do you still mean pulsing. It's a, it's, a, it's a live organ for a couple hours after you've given birth. Oh. So like it, there's, it doesn't have feelings though, right? I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> That's what that Pearl Jam song was about. <laughs> Can't find a better man. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of things about like the placenta being like the evil twin or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, a lot, there's a lot of shit there. Hmm. Well, that was this week in piss history. Everybody. <laughs> uh, should we move on to our next segment? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get the. Uh, where is it here? Here we go. What's that going on? What's that going on? What's that going on? What's that going on? What's that going on up there? What is that going on? That is right, everybody. It's our What's the Going On segment where we discuss all the things happening uh, currently in the world, all the crazy stories that are. Uh, circulating circulating our uh, biosphere um so we were talking about uh the placenta stuff and labs and all that shit um remember that story that came out a little while ago about that lady that found that uh illegal bio lab in california oh yeah 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 so apparently this week they, it was discovered in 2022 and this week is when the EPA cleanup of the lab started. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? EPA cleanup of <laughs> illegal bio lab found in California has officially begun. Uh, the lab was discovered in December 2022 uh, by code enforcement officer Jesse Lynn, Jessa Lynn Harper in Reedley, <laughs> California. Glad she harped on that. Dude, yeah, I know, right? Uh, this story was pretty fucking crazy. And she was just doing her job, which is to be like an annoying person, like a parking lot. <laughs> her last name's Harper. That's hilarious. Yeah, she's a code enforcement <laughs> officer. So, so listen, so she noticed a green garden hose sticking out of a warehouse-like building, right? Uh, which apparently was a violation of the city building code. Uh, I guess you're not supposed to have a green garden hose sticking out of a building the way it was. So she knocked on the door of the building in order to talk to the owner, uh, and she entered the building. While inside, she saw lab equipment and containment units containing thousands of biological substances. Uh, I guess eventually the city like went in to do like an inspection, uh, and they found uh, thousands of transgenic mice which are supposedly used for research in human uh, diseases. Um, and biosamples uh, labeled uh, 
crazy things along with HIV and Ebola. Um, so the city found this, right? It wasn't like a government agency that found it. It was like the right. city. So uh, they tried to reach out supposedly to like all these like federal government agencies and they were all like told like this isn't our department. Um, allegedly, uh, I'm going to say allegedly a lot during this story because uh, this is pretty hard to uh, get actual like uh what's that called facts well the f- uh, yeah. the whole story yeah like you, you can't get like a like a nuance uh 100% positive proof what's the word i'm looking for whatever uh so i'm going to say allegedly a lot the, allegedly the fbi was alerted and refused to investigate and the cdc did not find any danger of any dangerous pathogens uh, the lab's owner and founder, Jai Bay Jesse Zhu, uh, is said to be tied to several espionage crimes in different countries uh, and is said to have entered the U.S. under the false identity of David He, uh, where he set up several fake biotech companies and allegedly purchased cheap or counterfeit test kits uh, for COVID, pregnancy, ovulation, and nutritional deficiency tests from the PRC, the People's Republic of China, and resold them to Americans as Made in the USA for a steep markup. Uh, Zhu was arrested in October 2023 by the FDA for a complaint made about his testing kits and for lying to federal officers. Uh, The EPA states the majority of the items left over in the warehouse will be destroyed and burned and that the chemical cleanup could take up to two weeks to complete fully. A lot of stuff there. What in the motherfucking hell? Yeah. I don't even, like, where to begin? Yeah. First of all, it's been two years now that there's fucking Ebola sitting around. Well, so... Packages marked Ebola. Yeah, okay. they had packages marked Ebola, and then apparently the people went in there, and uh, instead of uh, testing, because they didn't have to test everything that they found, but they said that if the package did not say ebola clearly on the outside that there was no need to test it and they were just going to like burn it so apparently a bunch of the evidence got burned by the cdc before the epa even went in to start cleaning up allegedly but like what about the year of time between when the lady first found the shit yeah and when the guy was arrested because he was just doing whatever with he was his still doing whatever with what these. was he doing with those fake te- test kits was he like dipping them in ebola or, or you know other well, stuff they were saying so this one report that i read said that they had like financial ties between him and the prc in china the people's republic um and that he had a deal with them where he would set up these fake biotech companies, buy the stock from the places in China where they were, like, trying to get rid of the stock of shit and then resell it as, like, made in America because it was, like, packaged, repackaged in America, technically. I, like, I can't even wrap my mind around the implications of all this. It's fucking like, crazy. Like, it's too much. It yeah. really is. And I've been, like, weary of, like, the testing and stuff for a little bit for COVID. Yeah. And just knowing that it freaks me out. Like, you, you have to fucking, even if you, you, you know, don't want to get the vaccine, whatever. If you want to test yourself for COVID, you still have to jam something up your nose. Right. And yeah. fucking who knows what's on it. Right. 
Yeah. That's so fucking wild. I can't. And and the federal government didn't want to get involved. Dude, they only arrested him because somebody filed an official like complaint about one of the testing kits. But like all of this stuff that what they. What was the complaint? I didn't. I didn't read exactly what it was, but I think it was something like the, he had like pa- repackaged it under false pretenses or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that when the federal officers went to go interview him about it, he lied about it. So they. I think what's crazy is most of the times these guys get caught is they get caught and charged with lying to a federal officer. And then after they're in jail for that, that's when they're like, oh, on top of that, here's all these other charges for, you know, the murder of one billion people or whatever. Oh, my God. It's just it gets more and more weird. And I just I don't know. It's weird that the that there were like several federal allegedly federal offices different types of departments that were contacted and most of them were like nah like i don't i don't want to i don't want to deal with that son not trying to get involved in that one i mean <laughs> i, I this, this is the problem with nobody wanting to work anymore oh shit <laughs> like Go not off, our queen. problem Go off, queen. <laughs> no i mean fucking i get it <laughs> but you know you run across a lab with shit like Ebola in the... I mean, Ebola is, like, the scariest fucking disease you can get. Yeah, it makes you like, bleed it out of your eyeballs. Like, it made me not want to d- be a nurse while I was in nursing school because it was right around whenever there was, like... there. Remember there was, like, a small Ebola outbreak, like, in the Obama years? That dude went to Africa, right? And he came back yeah. and he, like, went bowling or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that. So, like, I remember we did a lot of, like, talking about what it takes to actually take care of somebody like with ebola and Mm -hmm. how you have to have two people in the room at all times it's literally it literally takes like an hour and a half just to to gown and glove up properly to be in the room with the person yeah and then any point of like entry to your skin you're you can get affected Mm. i and that to me i was like do i really even want to take care of people if this is a possibility (laughs) you know what i mean like i like will i have to go to the ebola ward i wouldn't fucking do it yeah like so the fact that that's just in a refrigerator in california and they were like oh you know well that's the thing they don't even know if that was in there right Well, somebody should have checked. For refusing to test it is a wild thing to do. I mean, if somebody was like, there's a bomb in there, they would have ran in to check and see if there's a bomb. Yeah. Even if it was a fucking piece of cardboard with some wires hanging out of it. Yeah, that's true. But it's a different department, right? That would be like Yeah, I think Harper should have put like a fake bomb in there. And then called in like a bomb threat, and then maybe they would have like Jesse Lynn Harper. Yeah, she maybe that would have taken care of the situation. Well, no, she she did everything she was supposed to do. No, I know she did. I'm she saying saw the maybe hose. she made a complaint about the hose, and then everybody else took it from there. It's fucking crazy. Chain of command. All right, so uh, crazy story about labs. I, it really is, and I'm like interested. I wonder if we'll ever hear more. Well, it makes not. you terrified because there's all these. I mean, how many stories in the past couple of weeks that we do about? different outbreaks like food wise yeah yeah i was just reading one uh for today yeah um because charcuterie that uh, has been sold at costco and sam's club is being linked to a salmonella outbreak uh the cdca recently expanded a warning about salmonella um linked to meat trays um that were sold at costco and sam's club Sam's Club stores. Mm. Um, products that are suspe- suspected as contaminated are 
Busetto brand charcuterie sampler and the Fratelli Beretta branded antipasto Gran Beretta. Goddamn Italians. <laughs> I meant computer. <laughs> you know, laptop. The laptop. PC. Like my daddy uses. <laughs> So apparently the oh did I mess my, yeah, my thing up again? Back. Why are you buzzing? There you All right, go. there we go. Is it? I don't know. There you go. Oh wait, hold on. I can hear it. Oh, there we go. So apparently, so apparently they're um the the second one I was talking about. They they come in t- twin packs. They contain dried meats like salami, prosciutto, gabagool, oh. <laughs> and soppressata. Okay. Uh, they're still investigating it, but the CDC says not to eat the products and wash any items that have had contact with them. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad uh, if you catch salmonella. So if you've bought any charcuterie from Sam's Club or Costco, get rid of it. Uh, Those are the only two that they suspected that it sold at? Um, the stores, yeah. They're, yeah. I guess they're, but they're pretty pretty widely distributed. I guess. Um, Aren't they competitors? I guess not. Competitor. <laughs> um, no, I think it's, you know, they're, they're, they're competitors, air quotes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the same, but it's like the same thing, like where how we'll slap made in the USA on something that we put together here. Like they'll slap Sam's Club or Costco on something that they got from another okay. company. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? All right, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, so salmonella is really bad it's especially severe and um affects like the elderly and children um and people with uh compromised immune systems do they have a number of people that are yeah um, this one yeah uh so there have been at least okay so the investigation started earlier this month there have been at least 47 known illnesses and 10 hospitalizations in 22 states damn yeah so that's pretty bad it's all over yeah so well, everybody's what was, what was the last like holiday? Um, Christmas. New Year's. Well, New Year's, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how long. I wonder what the uh, what's the uh, rate that you need to incubate salmonella. I'm trying to think of how it even got on like a dried cured meat. You know what I mean? Those things are so full well, of fucking the um, way they cut them, probably right. Like, uh, possibly, maybe they, like, like they cut raw chicken or something. Yeah, on there. or something. Something wasn't all the way cooked. Something got splashed. I mean, that's that's you know wild because I would have thought that that would have been the last place that there would have been an issue. Yeah. You know, I know they say not to eat um, deli meats when you're pregnant because of. Uh, not salmonella. There's another one, um, but it w- it was never like uh, the dried meats, like the prosciutto and all that kind of stuff, because yeah. they're like, I don't know. I just it it didn't even cross my mind. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Not fucking Sam's Club brand though. What's you your want favorite cheap thing? At, like prosciutto. That's your favorite thing in the world. Well, I mean, like food wise, like if I was gonna pick a uh, oh, like, like a. So it's scary that there's a salmonella, but, but yeah, but you, know, I guess you don't shop at those stores. I don't shop at those stores now. You can't fucking cheap out on like imported uh, deli meats. <laughs> you know, like it's it's expensive for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> true. So yeah, that's pretty much it with that. Um, don't eat any fucking uh, 
charcuterie from Sam's Club or Costco. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's crazy. It feels like uh, there's so many, like, lab leaks of different things that are just leaking out there. <laughs> Fucking... It doesn't give you much. Leaking. Yeah, it doesn't give you much confidence in. Uh, in like, yeah, and getting anything, buying anything. Yeah. Especially even like on Amazon, like I feel like um, because now people can just start their own stores like virtually. Like you could get fake stuff that's marketed like it's the real thing. Right. Isn't there like a law that says like you're not allowed to sell like fake purses or something like that? Well, yeah, like the, you're, that's like a copyright thing though. Uh, I mean, I guess they would all be, but. Yeah. They don't have as, like, stringent guidelines on, like, you know, uh, facial products or, like, makeup. Yeah. As they do. Well, maybe they do, but not. they're not testing every product that's coming through, like, the Amazon warehouse. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just, it, it's crazy. Uh, did you hear about this story about this Colorado's newspaper that, like, went missing for, like, a day? Mm-mm. So, apparently, there's this town in Colorado, and uh, all their newspapers were stolen uh, after a story about rape charges at the police chief's house was published. Oh, Uh, shit. (laughs) Almost all copies of a small-town Colorado newspaper were stolen from newspaper racks on the same day they published a story about charges being filed over rapes alleged to have occurred at an underage drinking party at the police chief's house while the chief was asleep. Mm-hmm. The name of the paper is the Oray County Plain Dealer. Uh, the newspaper posted the story on social media and removed its website paywall so people could read about the felony sexual assault charges filed against three men, including a relative of the police chief for actions that allegedly occurred at a May 2023 party in Ure, where drugs and alcohol were used. Uh, the suspects were aged 17, 18, and 19 at the time, and the person who reported the rapes was 17. Um, so by the night of uh, January 18th, uh, somebody had returned a garbage bag full of newspapers to the newspaper offices, and uh, supporters had donated about $2,000 to the paper. Uh, the owner of the newspaper reportedly knows who is behind the theft and has given the information over to the police, but has declined to publicly say the name of the person. Uh, the Ure County Sheriff's Office posted a statement that said officers have surveillance video of the crime and have identified uh, a suspect who would be cited for the theft and that the suspect is not a member or relative of local law enforcement mm-hmm. and is not associated with the defendants in the reported assault. <laughs> Ure County is a mountainous region in southwestern Colorado of about 5,000 residents. Uh, about 200 papers were stolen in total. So they run with this story about this alleged assault that allegedly occurred at the alleged police chief's house. So they had a drunken underage party at the police chief's house while he was sleeping. While he was sleeping. And then somebody related to him uh, did a did a naughty thing. At uh, the party. At the party. And while some underage girl was there. Okay. But the suspects, one of them is also underage. So... I don't... There might be some, like, weird... I mean, what do you mean by, like, 17? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I think they try 17-year-olds as adults now, depending on what the crime is. Well, I'm saying, like, if they charge only the 17-year-old, 
with doing anything physically with the 17 year old they can't get them for like statutory because they're the same age but the other two i don't know because they're over 18 yeah but if they're only like 19 i think like 17 and 19 is fine i think there's like a like a well i mean it's still it's still a a rape though well yeah i mean if she didn't (laughs) consent it was it was wrong all the way yeah but for sure that was the only time in my entire childhood i had a room full of girls to myself <laughs> it's Fortune Fimester. Big Fortune Fimester fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what do you think this police chief does? You think he is like his son or something like that? It seems like it follows that classic story of like This is the Alec Murdoch story. Yeah, like my dad my dad's the police chief. We could party there, it's fine. <laughs> We could rape people there. It's fine. Yeah. And the, what do you think? I bet you the dad was, like, trying to be cool, though, and, like, hang out with them. The police chief? Yeah. Oh, God. In Come Colorado? On. I don't know. I, yeah, what else is there to do out there, right? Didn't they just legalize, like, uh, hallucinogens? Uh, psychoblin. Psilocybin? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. They only stole 200 newspapers. Were they trying to get rid of all of them? Like, all evidence? I think they were, yeah. And the the person, like, he he or she overlooked one uh, of the news racks in, like, some coffee shop. (laughs) So, like, the story still got out there. But then the uh, the newspaper. Yeah, and then it was also on the internet. Well, they were like, you know what? Usually we, because I guess those small town newspapers, they, like, always have a subscription fee because they need the money to stay open. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So they usually can't, like, do their stories for free uh, on the websites. But I guess this one, he was like, let's just remove the the paywall so everybody can have access to it. Wow. Yeah. So so it, it definitely wasn't the police chief or, like, anybody involved in the crime that were the ones that stole it? That's what they're saying. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. But sure. Or um, someone that was maybe hired by them. Yeah, exactly. And too dumb to get all of them. <laughs> also realized that the internet exists. Right. Like, this was a totally foiled plan from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it, how, like, what other stories do you think this could have worked on? Like, how big of a story do you think could have been uh, suppressed by stealing the local newspaper? Like, it has to be something, like, on the level of, like, a local sexual assault, right? It I can't would think be like, like maybe like like a bad like restaurant review or something of like a little diner <laughs> in a town. You know what I mean? Like the fucking health inspector comes around and like writes up a thing that says the place has got rats. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that would work. <laughs> but I mean, you have to be in a very small town. You know what I mean? Because like, how many how many newspapers are are you printing? Are you printing like one per person in the town? Yeah. Like, because they're they obviously have subscriptions, but then they also have like. You know, those little racks that they put them out on? Yeah. Now, did they stop, like, the paper boys from going around with the... Maybe it was the paper boy. Obviously, it was the paper boy. I don't think they have paper boy for that uh, paper. Oh, so it's just, like, out in, like, their local, like, whatever... I, I think they have, like, the, the racks or whatever, but, like, they said, like, you had to put, like, a dollar in to, like, take a, take a paper out, and I think the person went to, like, 12 of those machines. So they spent a total of $12 to remove all what they thought was all the newspapers but they missed one of them so (laughs) but then they returned them they were like here like here's all the newspapers i guess you can sell them two hundred dollars at a dollar a piece or 200 papers at a dollar a piece is only two hundred dollars and they got two thousand from donations from this 
Oh, it sounds like an in, inside job. Oh. Maybe they 9-11 this one. You think they 9-11'd it? I think they might have, because if they're getting money back from it, yeah. it's like, all right, Sheriff, we'll pretend like this, like this, this stuff was stolen. <laughs> and then magically it will return, but nobody will be implicated. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, it sounds like a like a dumb like a dumb uh, evil genius plan. You know who could have used this plan? Who? The people who planned that cruise ship that got canceled. Oh shit! I mean, they <laughs> pretty much did. Uh, so, like, there's a lot to this story because apparently, like, the CEOs and owners of the company changed hands several times. Oh. So is let that me. Normal? I don't know. So anyway, there's a company um, that was launched. I'm sorry. There's a company named Murray. Okay. M-I-R-A-Y. In March of 2023, they launched a concept called Life at Sea, which would include 1,095 days of sailing around the world in a floating, like, apartment block. Um, I remember reading about this, about how, like, a lot of retirees were planning this, right? Yeah, and like, that's why I was like, did we talk about this before? Yeah. So, like, a couple hundred, like, I, I, I don't know. I didn't get the number because all the different um, articles changed what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But um, it was, like, a, a, over 100 people signed up. The fares per year started at $30,000. So, if it's a thir- if it's a three-year cruise, it's a three. it was a three-year cruise. Okay. So it would have been like ninety thousand dollars for okay. for three years at sea. So like I guess to uh, like reserve their spots, everybody had to put up a third of whatever the cost was, mm-hmm. and then they were like making payments, and um, it was supposed to leave in November of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, on the eleventh, the trip was pushed back to the 30th and then eventually it was just completely canceled why did they push it back the first time did they say they didn't have a boat oh (laughs) they never they never had a boat okay so (laughs) i guess with like inflation like they they dreamed up the concept and then like by the time it got to the point where they were about to buy the boat it the first one fell through because somebody else bought it somebody else with like a similar concept but, like, they were charging more okay. for theirs. Yeah. Somebody else bought it. And so they missed out on that one. And there was another boat that they were supposed to, to buy that was, like, again, similar in concept. But it fell through inside. Or they didn't have the, like, amount that they needed to put down Dude, to get the boat. Who the fuck was behind this? The Firefest guy? That's what I'm saying. It literally <laughs> sounded like a Firefest boat cruise. Because, like, that's what happened. There was, like, two people that came up with the concept. And then they had different, like, CEOs or whatever, like, the financial people that were, like, dealing with the people that were signing up for it. Okay. And those people changed several times, like, through the time that this thing was being planned. Oh. So it was, like, not really a clear story of how everything happened. Yeah. But, like, at least 100 people signed up. Um, and wow. And $30,000 per year was the, like— uh, Per person. The starting rate. That was for, like, a— not a, not a great room. Okay. Like, it was for, like, the cheapest room. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, there was one lady, she said she signed up within 12 hours of reading about it. She was like, this is a pretty reasonable rate. I've always wanted to travel. Yeah. She'd never been on a boat before. And she was like, I'm just going to do this. She was a retired flight attendant. Oh, man. And then a bunch of people uh, sold their houses and apartments and liquidated their, uh, like, assets to finance their travel fare. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, so um, when it was uh, 
finally delayed. Um, they had, I guess, not told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know because I guess they're, they were going to leave from Turkey. And um, people traveled to Turkey and then got stuck there. Oh, no. Because they weren't, like, leaving all of a sudden. Oh, my God. So I don't know if there was, like, more, like, you know, political reasons of why they couldn't leave from there or whatever. But yeah. for whatever reason. So people got stranded in Turkey. People had sold their houses, liquidated their assets. And now because of the inflation rate, they can't get back what they had because it's worth so much more now than what they got back for it. Right, right. Oh, and, fuck. and so now they're out all this money. They haven't been refunded. And so the company said, we're going to refund people in like increments over like each month starting in December. And as of uh, yesterday, no one's got a, gotten a payment back yet. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so where was it supposed to depart from? Turkey? Turkey. And yeah. then go like all across like they the They were going to go around the whole globe, I guess. I don't know. They had 103,000 miles of like travel planned and um, like about 750 port stops and each port stop was going to be like a week long. Oh, wow. Which kind of sounds cool. Like I wouldn't want to be on a cruise ship, but like if you're just hopping like from port to port and you're only on the ship for like a few hours. Yeah. And then you can spend like a week in like whatever foreign place, like $30,000 a year isn't that much. It's like less than we pay in rent. I guess it depends like which foreign place you go to because a lot of them don't want you to go there. Yeah, I mean, they started in Turkey and then a lot of them got like abandoned there. Do not come. Do not come. I'm going to come. <laughs> yeah. So don't sign up for life at sea. Um, and if you do, uh, <laughs> apparently there's a bunch of companies out there that are working on concepts like this where people will do similar things like like for their retirement or whatever. Mm. They're, they're, they are working on a lot of different concepts, but this one just like didn't work out because they didn't have the money to do it in the end, I guess. Oh, that must happen a lot, though, right? I mean, I guess. Is, is it like when you start when you like give money to a startup or like a uh, like a what's that called? A. A, a share, a timeshare, a timeshare. Yeah, yeah, for like something that hasn't been built yet. I don't know because you figure if you're keeping somebody on the the one ship for three years, <sighs> like you're not really. That sounds like hell. Who the fuck? Wow, I don't know. Well, I guess the, like the one lady said, like it sounded like a dream because she was like, I mean, I I was living in and out of hotel rooms as a flight attendant my whole life, yeah. and now I can just like travel and not have to worry about like. I mean, the idea of having, like, a floating apartment, like, was cool to her. <laughs> yeah. And I guess a lot of people felt like that because a lot of people just, like, signed right up. And um, one guy's bank, like, wasn't going to let the, uh, the, the second, like, payment that he was making go through. Really? Because they were, like, I think he was trying to make it from Turkey or something like that. It was oh. weird. But they were, like, no, like, we don't think that this is a good idea or whatever. And so he had to go through the company to get, like, different letters about, like, what they were doing to show his bank that this was, like, a legit operation. Damn. So that they would release his own money to him. That's why To pay these people to, to do this. And then it was fake anyway. <laughs> so even his bank was like, uh, we don't really think this is a great idea. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, so. It's been yeah. a tough time for, like, all these uh, different companies, right? Yeah, because it's like... Uh, Everything's more expensive now, and I feel like people aren't anticipating that. Well, also, they're not uh, 
they're just now starting to get held accountable for their equipment being all fucked up. Yeah. Like the whole thing with the Boeing thing that's been happening. And yeah, tell me about that because we saw the story on CNN or whatever, CNN or Fox or whatever the fuck. Um, but I don't know really what happened. So uh, a Boeing cargo plane uh, was forced to make an emergency landing in Miami after an engine malfunction. Guess where they were heading? Where? Puerto Rico. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the Boeing cargo plane was headed to Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, but was diverted <laughs> back to Miami International Airport shortly after takeoff when an engine reportedly failed. Uh, <laughs> the plane landed safely after video from the ground appeared to show flames repe- repeatedly shooting from the plane as it flew. Did you did you see that video? Yeah, that's what we we saw the plane like on fire. It was on fire. From the fl- somebody on the ground saw it and started like videotaping <laughs> what was going on. Puerto Rico. Um, <laughs> the FAA said in their initial report of the incident that a post-flight inspection revealed a softball-sized hole above the number two engine. Uh, it is unclear what kind of cargo the plane was carrying. I thought that was kind Giant of weird. Giant hole punches? <laughs> a bunch of baseballs? Um <laughs> This is the latest in Boeing's issues with their planes, with loose bolt problems uh, appearing in late December, (laughs) followed by a door panel blowing off a 737 MAX 9 plane in early January. Uh, Amid Boeing's struggles, Airbus, uh, their longtime rival, has announced that it had delivered more aircraft and secured more orders than Boeing in 2023. (laughs) So while this is going on, their competitors, Airbus... Is uh, going on there and saying like, no, don't worry, guys, we got it. We don't have to worry about the co- the competitors. Oh, I like using the competitor. <laughs> using the competitor. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, like, they just keep getting holes in their planes. They well, first they had a loose bolt problem, and then uh, a door panel blew off. <laughs> And now uh, one of their engines caught on fire and apparently was shooting flames from the engine. <laughs> well, if I didn't think t- this year was not a travel year for me, I would uh, definitely like stay away from that. Those. That definitely concretes it for me. Yeah. A lot of weird shit happening this year. Yeah. Weird shit uh, for sure. Um do you want to hear about the cicadas that are going to be coming out this year? Yeah, because that's another weird thing that's uh So, happening. I mean, it's kind of like not that crazy for us anyway because we're in PA. Um, the cicadas are going to emerge in the Midwest and Southeast. Um, it looked like the closest like they would get to us was like Ohio. Okay. Um, so, um, these are... Uh, Two adjacent broods of cicadas. One is a 13-year brood and one is a 17-year 17-year brood. Mm. Um, and they're going to emerge together. Um, is this the first time that's happened? Yeah, well, this is the first time in over 200 years oh. um, that brood X1X and brood... Shit, where's the other one? I can't read. Oh, X111. I don't know Roman numerals to save my life. Is that 13? X111. Is that 13? Yeah. And what's X1X? 19? Uh, I think so, yeah. 19. So brood 19 and brood 13. Um, so brood X111 
arrives every 17 years and brood X1X arrives every 13 years. So um, another emergence of these cicadas will not happen again for another 220 years, another co-emergence. So about over a trillion cicadas will be uh, a trillion over more than a trillion. It says, yeah. So this event hasn't happened since 1803. Um, It says that the cicadas are not really um, bad for like the ecosystem or even like crops or anything. The only things they really feed off of is tree sap. So like if a mother uh, decides to lay her eggs inside of a tree, it could create problems for people. But like other than that, like they don't bite. They're not poisonous. When they emerge from out of the earth, um, they actually like uh, aerate the soil. Like naturally, oh, so it's okay. good. And then like their carcasses, once they die, um, are like really good to like replenish it. So it's kind of a good thing. They're not. They're not. They're going to be annoying. And it's going to be really loud. I remember back in the nineties, six uh, ABC did an expose on people that were collecting dead cicadas and putting them in freezers so they can eat them throughout the years. Really? Until the next brood emerged. Oh shit! It's fucked up. Well, I guess they they're. Um, they're called periodical cicadas. So I don't know if they have ones that are, are, are so there's seven different types of cicadas. Three of them emerge every three years, or, or I'm sorry, every 17 and the rest every 13. Okay. Um, they live for, like I said, over a decade underground. So like when this brood that comes out, like mates and then lays their eggs underground they'll be underground for another 13 to 17 years oh wow so one but once they emerge uh they only have like six weeks to mate and then they die so, oh wow yeah uh, I'm gonna come. <laughs> so these periodical cicadas are about one to one and a half inches long, and they have three-inch wingspans. Wow. They can be distinguished by their orange veins and red eyes. Ugh. Yeah. They got veins? Yeah. Ugh. They do look gross. Um, there's a map online if you want to look it up to see where they're coming, but it's, like I said, mostly, <laughs> it's mostly in, like, the southeast and midwest. Um yeah, so they're kind of beneficial to the local ecology, and uh, so that'll be happening, but we probably won't see it. Um, and the, the, there's only two states where both broods are going to come out at the same time. Mm. Um, the rest of them is going to be one of the broods and the other, like another one. Okay. Do you know what I mean? What I are think the this, two states? Uh, I don't know. It's like in the middle. Okay. <laughs> where they overlap somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Well, I mean, there you go. So hopefully somebody can make some cicada delicacies. I know there's like a bunch of like different like witchcraft things you can do with cicadas. Oh, really? And locusts. Well, I mean, do you think that this emergence of the two different broods has anything to do with the cosmic alignings that have been happening lately? I do a little bit. You wanted uh, to talk about Pluto something, Let's talk right? about Pluto, because we talked about it last season when Pluto first shifted into Aquarius. Um, Pluto shift back, shifted back into Aquarius yesterday, which was uh, the first or the 20th of January. Mm. Um, so Pluto's movement into this innovative zodiac sign only happens every 248 years. Um, Pluto represents all that exists beneath the surface. Um, so clandestine plots, hidden agendas, uh, systemic oppression. Mm. It also represents the incredible pressure that builds on a subterranean level and what happens when the extreme intensity is released. 
Pluto is about truth and power and peeling back the layers to identify what's really in charge and what's really at stake, what's really going on, etc. Uh, like in the human system. Mm. Uh, Pluto's been in Capricorn for the last few years. Capricorn is associated with big businesses, Wall Street, corporate power, and greed. Whereas Aquarius is motivated by collective care, humanitarian uh, efforts, uh, large-scale, so- <laughs> large-scale societal matters, and, it, it, and it's associated with rebellion and revolution. Uh, Aquarius is also uh, associated with medical and techn- technological advancements. So um, I think it's interesting that all this stuff is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a lot of shit about the age of Aquarius. Yeah, it's Pluto. the dawning. Yeah, and this actually really is kind of the dawning. We, it, had, it had a little bit of an egress. When we first started our um, our podcast in, what, April? Uh, yeah, I think it was year. April last year, yeah. It was the first um, time that Pluto moved into Aquarius. It was, like, right after it. Oh, okay. And then it, it, it uh, retrograded back into Capricorn, and then it was in Capricorn until yesterday. When it moved back into Aquarius. Oh. So it will stay in Aquarius until September. And then it retrogrades back into Capricorn um, till uh, November 19th. And then once it um, comes back into Aquarius on November 19th, it will remain there for 19 years. So it'll be in Aquarius for, until March of 2043. Until the next brood of cicadas. Yeah, so listen. So the last time Pluto was Aquari- was in Aquarius was during the French Revolution and the um, Irish Uprising. Oh. Yeah. They probably had to use a lot of saltpeter back yeah. then to do stuff. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting, especially I thought, like, it was um, kind of funny that we're going to be back retrograded into Capricorn what, when uh, the election happens. Oh, okay. You know, like, I wonder if that'll have any effect on the outcome. I'm sure it will. That's interesting. Because, uh, you know, our last, the last, like, three elections, it was in Capricorn, where money and corporate stuff is at, like, the forefront of things. Yeah, that's the money. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I just thought that was really interesting, um... Because even though uh, Pluto has been, like, taken off the list of, like, planets, Mm -hmm. it's still really relevant in astrology. And it's got the largest um, orbit. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's in one sign for so long. Hmm. There you go. The more you know. The more you know. Um, Do you want to move along to our next segment here? Because it kind of has to do with this uh, kind of vibe you're going with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Uh, Let's start. That's right, everybody. It's our speaker spell segment (laughs) uh, where we go over uh, different things that can be considered spells. Yeah, like little rituals that you can do or might do and not know. Yeah, so uh, lately it's been snowing a lot where we are. Yeah, we had two snow days this week. Yeah. uh, Which is breaking like a 700 and some day... uh, Streak. Streak of us having no snow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so we decided to do a speak and spell segment that had to do with snow a little bit, right? Yeah, so I have two actually different ones. 
The first one is little rituals that you can do if you want to bring a snow day on. Okay. Okay. These are kind of like kid folklore things. Okay. <laughs> so if you want a snow day, you should wear your PJs inside out and backwards. Oh. Put a white crayon in the fit in the fridge. Put a spoon under your pillow. Flush ice cubes down your toilet and place ice cubes on your front porch. What? And then you run around the dining table five times, and each time you chant, I want snow, three times. Yeah, if you're scared, you drink the small child's pee, it helps. <laughs> I heard from my grandma. You can ask your parents or grandparents, maybe they tell you to. I will ask, I okay, guess. ask uh... them. That's a, you put ice cubes outside and also flush them down the toilet? Yeah, it's supposed to bring snow the next thing. There's also th a thing called the snow dance, which is like the basically like a rain dance? rain dance. If you like go outside and you, um, like on a day today where it's like sunny, mm -hmm. and you do like a, a dance with the intention of bringing snow. Okay. It's best to do it like when it's not like. So you think they have one for like every, uh, weather type of occasion i was actually looking it up because when i was like looking up different snow rituals like rain dance came up but there is a snow dance and they actually had like a couple native tribes do um snow dances at like the base of like a skiing hill or something and it's it started to snow really yeah there's probably something there uh when we were watching that um skinwalker ranch and they had those uh natives native americans come out and do that chant in that oh, like yeah. valley and it started to like highlight different areas of the valley and different like temperature colors yeah maybe there's something there with like vibrations and how they like are amplified i think there is mm. i think there definitely is so those are some things that you can do if you'd like a snow day what was the thing that you were saying about the spoon you said something about a spoon yeah it just says to sleep with a spoon under your pillow i think it's supposed to represent a shovel Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So and all you, these come from the same, like, place? Is this, like, American? It's, like, American folklore, yeah. I've, I've always, I've heard about the um, spoon under the pillow. That was the one thing I'd heard before. Mm. And um, freezing a white crown, that was a new one that I found. Yeah. Uh, and then PJs inside out and backwards, I had heard of that one before. Because I guess it's like, I don't know. Well, you do that anyway. Yeah, because I always want snow. Well, if it's the winter, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> well, why do you do it in the middle of the summertime? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Balance. Yeah. <That's laughs> but, um, so, there's other things that you can do with snow. Oh, okay. Rituals that you can do with snow. So, um, if you have a habit that you want to get rid of... Um, you can form snowballs while thinking about the habit. Okay, and then when it melts. And then you throw them as far away from you as you can. Oh, okay. The second one is uh, to take a piece of paper and write whatever action or behavior uh, or a person that's bothering you maybe. Mm -hmm. You put their name or picture in a container with snow and then put it in the freezer. Oh. So it stops the action, freezing it, and then you can keep someone from bothering you. As long as it's frozen. As long as it's frozen. What yeah. happens when it unfreezes? Vengeance? I mean, eventually it, like, you know. The grudge comes out. Well, no, it's like eventually pers the, the person that's trying to, like, fuck with you is going to get bored and move on to somebody else. I don't think it's, like, a forever problem. Yeah. Unless it is, and maybe find a, <laughs> if 
find a little bit better of a spell. Here's a, a early 90s Disney plot for you. Somebody does that, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually the ice forms a mirror. So do you want to hear some other ones? Nah. No, yeah, I do. <laughs> so you can also use snow um, for, for manifesting in different ways. So the way that you collect it makes a difference. So if it's like a blizzard out and you collect the snow during like a wild, like windy snowstorm, mm-hmm. that if you use that snow in a ritual, it's going to be for energy. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But if you collect like calm, quiet snow after the snow's fallen... Then you it would you would use it for like uh, calm intentions. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, you can do like a like a goals or wishes bowl. Um, if you gather snow that comes down during a blizzard, um, you could put it in a bowl and then write down what you want in your life, mm-hmm. um, and then put the piece of paper in the bowl of snow, and then as it melts. Um, your intent is released into the universe and it clears any block blockages that are inhibiting your dreams from manifesting. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That makes sense. So, they're all like in, intention type of spells? Intention type things, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Which kind of makes sense with our, like, when we talked about, like, how to do stuff with water and right. how water holds shape. Yeah. But if you're getting, like, frozen water, it's like... Um, or maybe it's holding the shape that it came from before it. That also... That's probably why it matters, like, how you collect the snow. Yeah. That's yeah. why Yeah, that's why it matters if, like, if you collect it during a blizzard because you need, like, you know, say you need, like, a, like stormy energy to get through right. a project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Huh. So, pretty interesting, right? Pretty interesting. That was a good segment. I liked it. In the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. All right, guys. So we're moving right along. Uh, we have our final segment here uh, that we have. You okay? Yeah, my my book almost fell on the floor. <laughs> uh, we're going to go through our final segment here because, uh, like we said, it snowed. And uh, the damn neighborhood kids don't take electronic payments. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, get a fucking cash app, Kevin. What the fuck are you doing, man? You're going to show up at my door, ask me to give you money, and then say, uh, it needs to be cash? What are you, fucking FDR? Right? You need gold He was like exchange? 10 bucks. I would have then mowed you 30. Yeah, exactly. Well, whatever. But let's do our... Final segment of the day. Uh, you ready for this? Ready. At the sound of the tone, we will arrive at... That's right, everybody. It's Divination Station, where we uh, do a quick oracle reading. Is that what you would call it or describe it? Yeah, reading. Just a reading. Just a reading. Energy reading. Just an energy reading. reading. Uh, and we usually pick uh, something. Uh, we started off doing the segment by doing it for the audience, and we're going to go back to doing that eventually. Um, but the last couple of times we decided to do it, we kind of had uh, uh, good tie-ins to pick other people besides the audience, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this time... Uh, because it's the start of the new year, 
Started the presidential election season. Started the presidential election season. Uh, We decided to do uh, readings for the two main political parties in America, uh, the Republican and the Democratic parties. Yes. Um, So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to flip a coin. Uh, Aaron and I are going to pick heads or tails. Whoever wins from that coin flip gets to decide uh, on the next coin flip what side is going to be Republican, what side is going to be Democrat. Uh, and then whatever side uh, is shown as face up on that second coin flip is the one that the f- person that won the first one goes with, right? So if I win the coin flip, I say heads Democrat, tails Republican. I flip the coin, I get tails Republican. I have to do Republican, and then Aaron does Democratic. Yes. Right. Yes. So you do the coin flip because I'm not good at it. All right. So we have a regular quarter here, 1976, Liberty. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, no, this is one of the newer ones because it has a thing on the back. Who's that guy no, that 1776. drums? 1776. Who's that guy that drums? Washington? No, no, no. This is like the, limer, the little drummer boy before the Civil War. Oh, uh, what, Yankee Doodle? Was it Yankee Doodle? Johnny Appleseed? I think right. was, well, yeah. I'm going to flip it. What uh, Do you want heads or tails? Uh... Heads. All right. It landed on my crotch. Uh, do you want to do it over or just go with whatever's on my crotch? Whatever's on your crotch. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's see. All right, you read it. Oh, it's heads. It's heads. It's heads on my crotch. All right, so now you won the coin toss, right? Okay. So now you're going to do the coin toss. You're going to say uh, which side you want the uh, political party on. So, what do you want heads to be, Democratic or Republican? Uh, let's make heads Republican. Okay, so that means tails would be Democratic. So, yes. you flip the coin. Oh, man. And then whatever it lands up. on is the one that you'll do? Yeah. So, heads is, Dem- is Republican, tails is Democratic? Yeah. Okay. Do I flip it over or just open my hand? You, have you never flipped a coin before no, in your dude, life? No, dude, I haven't. Are you serious? Tails. Tails. I guess I get the Democrats. So you get the Democratic Party. Okay. Hell yeah. Cool. All right. So that means I'll be doing the Republican. You can throw oh, the I coin can away. The co- We're going to keep that coin. Yeah, sure. Keep it. Uh, give it to the kid when he comes back asking for <laughs> actual money. <laughs> I, we could have given him $10 in coins, but I felt like that would have been. <laughs> Who keeps cash? <laughs> so uh, Aaron's going to do the uh, Democratic party right yeah and i'll be doing a reading for the republican party right um before this uh we picked tarot cards out i picked the baseball tarot book yes and i took i picked botanica occulta tarot which is um which is a tarot deck that angel got for me last year for christmas and it came from the ukraine yeah so it's it's um flowers that rep- flowers and different plants that represent each of the uh, symbols in the tarot. Yeah, but when you were reading through the book, you discovered something that was lots of Nazi references. You, you know what? I wasn't expecting. Okay, that was unintentional. What happened was you were really into tarot stuff, and I was like, I want to get her a really nice tarot deck 
with flowers on it because you like flowers. Mm-hmm. And the cutest ones that I could find were those. They were actually pretty hard to get because at the time, Ukraine was going through some things. Uh, I didn't even know that that would affect the shipment, but it did. Uh, that's why you got it. I think it was like like two weeks after. Yeah, it was after. a couple of weeks after. Yeah. And I saw the box that came in because I was like, oh, I wonder if this won't be a place in a little bit. <laughs> like some type of uh, like, historical like we monument? Have, like the USSR shit. Yeah. But anyway, so you got, you received them and then when you looked through the book. As I was reading of... through the book, uh, a lot of the different plants had like a description of what they were and what they did and why they related to that like suit or whatever mm-hmm. um but then in the description would like uh, be a few references to hitler <laughs> and i was just like they were kind of i mean it's not everyone you know we'll see if we get one yeah, yeah. this time <laughs> but it was definitely like okay uh that's hilarious it just, it just seemed like they were like a lot more comfortable with relating things to like hitler's done yeah um than anybody i've ever seen so, um, you also went through, uh, usually we pick like a crystal or like a stone. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. To give the cards some extra energy. Uh, we decided to try to go with uh, a, the closest you got to like a red or like an orange crystal for the Republican Party, and then the closest you got to like blue for the Democratic Party. Right. So, uh, because I went with, Repu- or I got Republican, uh, what was the one that you picked for that one? Uh, I, I think this is a carnelian. Carnelian. It's red here. But you know what else I found for you? What's that? Because it's an elephant. What's that? And maybe balance out the energies. Oh, yeah, because they have the elephants there. Uh... It's a blue elephant. But yeah. so here's the thing. Red represent, represents your root chakra. Okay. Blue represents your throat chakra. Oh. So I felt like you needed a little bit of balance yeah. with that. You know? We're all about balance this episode. It's all about balance. Yeah. I'm a Libra. Do you want to go first? I think you should. You think I should go first? Yeah. Well, I get, you get to choose because you won the uh, yeah. the coin toss. All right, so I have these uh, rocks here and this elephant. I'm putting them on top of the tarot cards, and we're going to transfer some of these energies of the representation of the elephant and this red rock, right? Yeah. Uh, for the baseball tarot, um, I did a couple of uh, shuffling things here. So what are we going to do? Is three card? What do you think? Three or four? Let's do a three card. Okay. All right, so I'll go first, right? Okay. So choose three cards. You go one, go from one in the middle, that's two, and that's three. All right. All right. So put these down, right? Yeah. So we're going to flip them over. Is Are we going to do like one represents past, present, future, or whatever? Um, something, or, or, uh, I think it's going to be, like, your progress through the the races. Okay. So, first one we have is the MVP of bases, uh, practical accomplishments, upside down. Ooh. Um, So, I have the uh, guidebook here. Yeah, we found this baseball tarot card deck at, like, a thrift store in Delaware, (laughs) and I had to buy it. Um, Okay. So... How do we, what is, how is this, uh... You gotta look it up. MVP of bases. How does that work? Well, bases is probably, like, one of the ar- arcana. Okay. Like, probably batches, swords. So, so, look up something of bases? Yeah. Okay, so... MVP is probably, like, page. Okay, it's, okay, so you got balls, mitts, and then you got bats, and then you got... 
bases. Okay, ace of bases. No, that's not it. MVP, right? Yeah. Here we go. Uh, ba 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 And your MVP is, of bases is reversed. If you, I don't know if that come is in the uh, description. Yeah. So MVP, two of bases, three of bases. What the fuck? Why is this like? It's I like honestly never. Weird. I haven't looked at that that book. Why did we buy it? For this. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to find it for you? No, I think I'm going the right way. Eleven of bases, twelve. MVP is probably after that. After 12. Is there a number? No, there's there's coach of bases. <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. MV, MVP of bases. All right. Uh, competition is about passion for perfection and passion for other people who join in this impossible quest. What better way to get to know someone than to test your abilities together to be do daring and sweaty and exhausted together? What? Uh, <laughs> okay, so MVP stands for Most Valuable Player, a title awarded to the player whose contributions are considered most crucial to the team's success. To the MVP of this suite, success is inevitable, and if you keep applying know-how and sweat, uh, this MVP pays off on results, not dreams. The MVP of bases is most alive in the bottom line, physical world, and uh, uh, most admired for pragmatic achievements. So they don't do uh, like right side up and upside down. They go ahead of the count and behind the count. Okay. So <laughs> behind the count's probably upside down. Yeah. Oh, but they, it has other stuff here too. Oh, well, read it all. Uh, okay, so behind the count, over-attachment to traditional methods and or security, lack of appreciation for imagination and fun, workaholism or fears of inadequacy in managing practical matters. Mm. Hmm. So. So that's the first one. That's the first one. This is, like, complicated, dude. They have, like, the player, a noted authority or key player, the signal, a key to success, the play, the stuff... In the ballpark. You, are you going to read all that? No, no, no. It's just, there's a lot here. All right. So second one <laughs> is the 10 of bases uh, winning streak upside down. So uh, 10 of bases winning streak. Uh, satisfying stability. He's sitting in the catbird seat. Red barber. In the midst of a winning streak, success builds on success. If you're surrounded by good cheer, yesterday reflects wonderful memories and tomorrow shines with promise. Take note that this card speaks not of a single win, but of a streak representing a deep sense of assurance that strengthens members of a winning team. Mm. Uh, and then if it's upside down, it's behind the count. Insecurity, nothing to fall back on, refusal of assistance from institutions including family, or feeling overly protected, boxed into a situation bored or limited by tradition. Mm. So, there you go. And then the Number last two. one, the last one we have is the six of balls, the fastballs. So, go to the ball section. <laughs> this one's also uh, behind the count. Uh, the fastball is named for its speed, though its precise aim is 
awesome as well. A pitcher relies on its per- perfect slicing flight to retire batter after bat- batter. Uh, fastball represents the power of mental clarity to cut through confusion, liberating awareness and directing it towards the future. Your conscious attention jumpstarts the journey away from difficulties. And if it's behind the count, it's mired in a problem, attempts to move on, are misguided, plotting, or stuck. Distraction, irrational, or haphazard thinking. Ignoring difficulties in hopes that they'll disappear. Mm. So there you go, Republican Party. Um, From what I'm, like, reading from all this, it sounds like uh, they've been having a good time. Uh, they're going through a tough time, and they got to be uh, wary of the time coming ahead uh, because they got to focus on uh, the cool stuff, like the awesome stuff, instead of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Is it getting sweaty together? Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that. Like, what I got from that is, like, they're, they're relying too much on old institutions, and they're oh. not letting, like, the young people in enough okay. to help out institutions huh and i think for this last one here uh what is it the fastball upside down yeah six of balls six of balls i think that's trump oh yeah because they're trying to fuck them up in court right now that's true yeah yeah they're trying to get rid of them trying to get rid of them they're trying to distract them (laughs) well there you go well that's our official oracle reading for the republican party this year yeah Uh, do you want to go with what we're reading for the democratic party now yes yeah so uh in preparation for this i pulled out uh, a blue stone for the republicans i have a i actually got two of them here i have a a piece of lapis lazuli okay and i have some blue fluorite here like i said uh blue is the color of the throat chakra there's fluoride in the water there's fluoride in the water yeah fluoride fluoride is a is a beautiful gemstone uh, fluoride calcifies your pineal gland. Oh. Yeah. That's just a conspiracy theory. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm going to be doing my drawing out of the Occult Botanica Tarot. Okay. Yeah. So, I've already picked my three cards out, and I will turn them over right now. The first one I got is the Four of Cups Reversed. Okay. So, do you want me to look up the meaning right away? I mean, that's what I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the Four of Cups reversed. We should probably find a better way to present this to the audience. Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) they get what they get and don't get upset. (laughs) So uh, the flower is the oleander. That's what they picked to represent the Four of Cups. Yeah. Um, Meaning nerium, olive, fragrant, oleander, or Indian pink oleander, common oleander. The shrub is widespread in the subtropical regions of the planet. It grows near water and is an ornamental plant. Hmm. Oleander is widely and used in landscape design in, I'm sorry, this is so small, <laughs> is widely used in landscape design in regions with subtropi- subtropical climate. Due to the beauty of the fragrant, fragrant flowers, Oleander was prized and widely cultivated in ancient times. Images of its flowers have been found on frescoes in Pompeii Mm. and in stone carvings in ancient Indian temples. With the help of this flower, you can neutralize all destructive energy and cleanse your home. Oleander will also help you cope with with depression and tune into creative and self-improvement. 
as well as make you look at life in a different way, Uh rosier and more positive. For those who are at the threshold of a new life and cannot make up their minds, do not know what to choose, Oleander will help get out of the situation and make a more beneficial decision. I'm sorry, and make a most beneficial decision. The energy of the Oleander awakens the inner strength in a person thanks to which... Oh my God. The energy of the Oleander awakens the inner strength in a person thanks to which they at last determine their goals and take up their work they were previously afraid of. Oleander is a plant of seekers, those who accidentally went the wrong way, got confused, and cannot escape the trap in any way. Hmm. Uh, the classical meaning of the Four of Cups is apathy, boredom, sadness, fatigue, disappointment, dejection, uh, exhaustion, uh, rejections of the gifts of fate, bachelorhood, and a bitter experience. Hmm. Uh, the left side of the card depicts a cup on a cloud and a traditional sign of presence of divine forces in tarot cards. In the lower part of the card, there are three more cups. They're entwined by an ornate stem with leaves, curls, and buds smoothly turning into a tree trunk in the background. By analogy with the classic card, the plant and color scheme of the card evokes association associations with dependency sadness calmness or apathy so it didn't really give me an upside down thing Mm. but it is upside down so i feel like it's uh apathy boredom sadness fatigue Mm -hmm. (laughs) disappointment i think that that's what that's uh representing for the first one the movie white oleander is about um, uh well if her mother serving a life sentence for murdering her boyfriend a teenage girl enters the foster care system as she moves from one troubled house to another each with its own rules and lessons to be learned she begins a journey of Mm self-discovery trying to forge her own identity proves difficult under the cold-hearted influence of her mother oh shit White and her alien. mom was in jail the whole time. Yeah, because she killed her boyfriend. I remember. Yeah. That was like one of the movies that was on TV all the time. Her mom was Nicole, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, four cups upside down. Um, apathy, boredom, sadness, fatigue, disappointment, dejection. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's the first card that we have for the uh, Democratic Party. Number two, we have the two of pentacles right side up. And that flower is, I have to pick it up because I can't read. <laughs> uh, the calistegia. Can you read that? Yeah, give me. This My is eye? the pentacles calistegia. Calistegia. What number is it? Uh, two. Two of Pentacles? Yeah. Okay. God damn, I need some reading glasses. That's so bad. Um, two of Pentacles. Where are you at now? Hey, make some conversation while I look for this. I forgot to read. Um, there was uh, some poems that the confederacy and the union released during the time that they were collecting piss for their uh 
saltpeter, potassium nitrate. Yeah. Uh, and they were like poems, like trying to come against each other. You want to find the other I one? Found it. Find oh, the yeah. other one while I'm doing this one. All right. So uh, when I did the uh, history of the piss history earlier, we talked about how the Confederacy needed to find a way to get saltpeter for their uh, uh, gunpowder. Um, so <laughs> they, the act of devotion didn't uh, to the cause didn't play as large a role as it might have in romanticizing of Confederate womanhood. But it did inspire some poets. One poem composing the Confederacy began, John Harrelson, John Harrelson, you are a wretched creature. You've added to this war a new and awful feature. You'd have us think with, while every man is bound to be a fighter, the ladies blessed their pretty dears should save their piss for nitra. <laughs> John Harrelson, John Harrelson, where did you get this notion to send your barrel around town to gather up this lotion? We thought the girls had work enough in making skirts and kissing, but you have put the pretty dears to patriotic pissing. So then the Union, the, the North, got uh, a hold of that, and they decided to come out with their own rhyme. And theirs was, uh, John Harrelson, John Harrelson, we've read in a song and story how a woman's tears through all the years have moistened fields of glory. But never was it told before how mid such scenes of slaughter... Your southern beauties dried their tears and went to making water. No wonder that your boys are brave who couldn't be a fighter if every time he shot a gun, he'd use his sweetheart's nitra. I feel like the... And vice versa. And vice versa. What could make a Yankee soldier sadder than dodging bullets fired by a pretty woman's bladder? (laughs) Is that around the time the Yankee Doodle Dandy came out? Uh, I think so, yeah. All right, you found the... I found them, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I found them, like, right before you started reading all that. Uh, <laughs> the second card I got was Two of Pentacles. Uh, we already said the... the uh, Jesus. The flower is the Calistegia. The meaning is uh, bindweed, false, false bindweed, Morning Glory, French Rose, um, and it's a gentle climbing plant from the bindweed family. So I think it's those, like, blue ones. This The ones in this picture are red, but they look like those, uh, the vines that cr- crawl on our, like, back fence. Mm-hmm. I think they're wildflowers. Um, the natural habitat of the plant is in East Asia. The fast-growing liana... Liana easily entangles gazebos, balconies, walls, or fences, and delicate flowers bloom over the bright greenery. The plant is called wild asp- is called wild asparagus, and some families have used their shoots in the spring salads for centuries. So it's edible. Uh, the classic meaning of this card is play, frivolity, volatility, sudden news, so- spontaneity, sudden change, ignorance of rules manifestation of chaos manipulation of money or time um the description of the card in the created story um it shows two flowers directed towards each other um, of the same shape and color they are at minimum they are at a minimum distance and form an infinity sign with their stems associated with movement constant changes green curved leaves seem to flutter in the wind and empathize the spontaneity of the plot so um the beach morning glory plant is poisonous 
and it tastes very bitter and it is not eaten by animals. Uh, in traditional medicine, it was used as a laxative and a diuretic. Um, the classic meaning of the card. Oh shit, no, I went to another one. Never mind. I fucked up. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Literally, the words on these pages are so little. Okay, so it is uh, frivolity, volatility, sudden news, spontaneity, sudden change, ignorance of rules, and manifest manifestation of chaos. So that's card number two for the Republican Party. All right. You want to hear card number three? Yes, moving on to the third the one. Last one. Last and final card is the tower. Is the tower card. Tower power. Tower power. Yeah. Uh, the flower is wolfsbane. Uh, it is a purple flower, uh, and it's a witch's flower. <laughs> it's called witch's shoes sometimes. Mm. Um, it's got poison properties. Uh, the classic meaning of the card is cripes crisis, irreversible, irreversible event, destruction of plans, a test of strength, destroyed foundations and traditions, and an inevitable act. And an irreversible, oh my God, an irreversible act. Cool. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Koala. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I joined the Girl Scouts of America. So there weren't any Nazi references in this. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that I'm there was sorry. no Yeah, they're, Nazi they're references. not in everything. Um, yeah, so the wolf's bean plant is toxic uh, due to it being alkaline, and it affects the central ner nervous system and causes convulsions and paralysis of the re respiratory center. The toxicity of the plant depends on the area of distribution, uh, climate, and age. <laughs> it is maximally poisonous in southern latitudes. The flower is of irregular shape, uh, rather large, and consists of five sepals, the uppermost of which is large and con convex in the form of a wide and narrow cup. Under this cap, two small petals, uh, nectarines, nectaries are hidden. Uh, so uh, the wolf spans a poisonous plant is representing the tower mm -hmm. which is the third uh card that i pulled for the democratic party uh most people familiar with, ta with tarot are familiar with the tarot tower card <laughs> jesus christ i'm turning into joe biden i'm done Koala. it's a tower it's a tower event i don't know not looking good for y'all <laughs> get, get a different candidate Puerto Rico. i'm gonna come <laughs> Do not come. Uh, yeah. So, so what do you think out of all those things? If you combine them, what 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 does that spell for the Democratic Party um, in the coming year? Well, both of them spell bad things. Mm. Um, for me, in my mind, it feels like Joe Biden's either not gonna be the final uh, uh, candidate yeah. for like that runs on their ticket. Yeah. Or if he is. And gets elected, I feel like he will probably not make it far into office. Damn. I don't know. This is Groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and 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 Joan Shingang. I'm going to pass by. Shanga. Why'd you stop it? <laughs> we got to stop picking on Joe Biden. I feel.
feel like kind of bad, but I'm pretty sure he's a card carrying Nazi. So. Oh wait a minute! Hold on there. I don't <laughs> I think mean, you're allowed to just make those accusations I'm like just that. I'm kidding. I know we gotta stop this stuff, but I mean, I, I literally shuffle. You saw me sitting here shuffling this deck a lot. Yeah. And I went to to great lengths to make sure I was being very random when I picked these. Yeah, and, we uh, did it. We did the complicated coin toss in the beginning. Not even that. I'm talking about my personal shuffling of this deck. Yeah. I pulled out the tower for the last card for them. Yeah. And I've said on previous episodes that I thought Joe Biden was going to be the last president. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm not making any predictions, yeah. but uh, the cards are talking. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, there you go, everybody. Thank you uh, for tuning in to another episode of Actual Comedy Presents an Actual Podcast. We're going to get out of here and start uh, our digging out section, session, right? Yeah. We got to make sure we dig out completely. You ready to dig out? Uh... Here I go, dig it in again. Yeah, let's get out of here. All right, All right. guys, thank you so much. Uh, we will catch you next time. Peace. See ya. Love you. really stink. We were just singing the baby to sleep. Wake up, little Betty Bites. Have you been Betty Bites? It was waking me up. When I lay me down to sleep. When the soul identifies with Maya, it forgets. Thus, the soul is temporarily in darkness. It is deluded, and it dreams the mortal dream. Becoming increasingly involved and confused, the soul remains bound up with the world. The intuitive faculty becomes suppressed and its perception of truth blotted out.